0: I love uh, inviting others into worship leadership, and, um, and y'all are incredible, and this is awesome, and, um, and I also like to invite you into worship sometimes, just in case you might feel a little tired, right? Sometimes we need something to, to mix it up. Carrie, will you help me hand these out? Everybody. Everybody gets a band-aid. I'm just going to hand you a stack. There's probably too many for your row. Take a band-aid, pass one down, It'll all make sense in just a moment. I, or at least I think it does. In my mind, it makes perfect sense. It is. It's the thing that you think about when you're at home. Bill looks a little nervous back here that I'm passing out Band-Aids in the middle of a service. Um, bill tends to have to look at our policies and procedures and finances, and this will not trigger anything on the insurance bill. It is, it is fine. Most of you have seen a Band-Aid, right? Okay, I'm going to operate under the assumption that you have seen them, and you have a sense of what they are for, right? Um, simple little thing that somebody invented at some point, and I didn't even read the Wikipedia article. I have no clue when they were invented, but I know what they do. I am quick to put a Band-Aid on anything. I'm going to invite you to open your Band-Aid. Take the little paper off. We'll clean it up after. Don't worry about this. We, it, it will be fine. Somebody is thinking right now, who is cleaning up all this? Get your Band-Aid out and put it somewhere. Maybe on a finger or on your hand. Somewhere that you're gonna keep noticing it. Dick's looking a little worried that we're doing this too. Okay, online, if you have Band-Aids at home, it would not be an inappropriate time to slap one on your hand. That Band-Aid didn't hurt at all, did it? Not a bit. Um, Parker Foster, my four-year-old daughter, thinks a Band-Aid is the worst thing in the world. Uh, she's she's uh, in this dressing different phase and figuring out what she likes, and somehow she ended up with a pair of very high heel shoes that just barely fit her, but she loves them. And two days ago, she is on her heels walking out of our house and missed the little lip and just flipped down three stairs. And nothing happened, and like her head didn't hit. I watched, it didn't hit. Every limb hit the ground, but her her head did not. And there's just little cuts everywhere. Y'all know this, right? This is like when you fell off the bike as a kid. And you didn't have to go to the hospital, but there's stuff bleeding. And so I'm like, Parker, you're, you're literally bleeding on my kitchen counter right now. I've got to cover this thing. The crying from the actual wound was nothing compared to the crying about having this Band-Aid to stop the blood from dripping. But she had to have it, right? She had to stop bleeding. We couldn't have it get everywhere. We couldn't have stuff get in it. We figured out how to do cuts, even if we don't like it, right? Sometimes you do have to go and get stitches or butterfly sutures or glue, whatever the preferred method of dealing with a cut is, right? And then eventually it heals up and, and there might be a little scar. Parker's already got a number of little scars. Uh, one time she hit the tack strip for the carpet on her knee, and so now she has a little cut there. Josiah's got a little scar here from where he fell off a chair onto our patio and cut it here. We spent seven hours at Baptist for them to put super glue uh, right there. I've got scars everywhere. Cut my arm right here in uh, Tijuana, and uh, they ended up having to put all kinds of stuff on there that I didn't even know. It's like soaks up the blood and everything. I've got a scar from where I stabbed myself with a pencil in elementary school, don't know how I did it. I was telling uh, Sunday school I've got a scar from a bird I was pet-sitting that attacked me. <laughs> I've got another scar on the same finger from my father's dog attacking me. Um, I've got a little scar right here from a chicken pock that was uh, just a little too deep, right? Kids aren't really getting chicken pox these days, but I did. Uh, most of you wouldn't notice these scars, right? You might notice the, the fresh wound when we put a Band-Aid over it. You might, notice the sutures, but you don't, you don't think about it much, right? My father has way more scars than me. Uh, he has done things like drilled through his hand back when he was trying to fix uh, something on the ceiling. He has um, cut his fingers with like table saws. He has fallen off bikes and like, had to go to the hospital because gravel was like embedded in his knee. But even now, you don't notice those if you see my father in the back. But you might notice is that he is so visually impaired, he needs help finding the seat. He has retinitis pigmentosa, this gradual uh, kind of tunnel visioning visioning, where he sees less and less and less. I didn't know men could drive cars until I was in elementary school. I thought only mommies drove, uh, because my whole life, dad had to be kind of helped along wherever he was. Uh, If you're really observant, you might notice his hearing aids. Daddy did those hearing aids about 20 years before he put them in, but uh, you'll notice that is something about his body that he needs, right? Right now, he's got this thing called amyloidosis, and you probably, uh, well, I know you can't see the, uh, the amyloids, these little proteins that deposit in his organs, but you can look at him and see that he's pretty sick, right? There are some things that you can see on the outside and some things you can't. There are uh, lots of things that our bodies and our ourselves, uh can be injured or be different in uh, that uh, you don't see and a lot of things that you can see. And our society has not done a great job of figuring out how we're actually uh, fully welcoming the people whose bodies have different things going on, right? Uh, a great teacher of mine, Barb, told us about when you go to the amusement park, you have those signs that say you must be this tall to ride. And her question for all of us was like, where, do your church, where does your church have things that say you must be this whatever to ride? You must be uh, this, this reading ability. You must be this uh, level of literacy that you can write on something. Uh, you must uh, be at a high enough education level to or understand this thing. What, what are the, the signs that uh, say you must be this? It's a lot easier to put up signs that just say well you're not i mean you're welcome but we're not changing anything and with daddy i think it has opened my eyes to the the signs in the world that say you're not welcome i've never eaten at giuseppe's amazing food i've since eaten there getting dad in his wheelchair into the bathroom at giuseppe's was impossible literally impossible we had to take pieces off of it to get him in there Uh, most handicapped spots in town are not actually accessible to people who need to get a wheelchair up uh, beside a door. Um, I've probably had a tunnel vision about how accessible our space is. Um, I've known we need to do some things. We've put some uh, buttons on the two main doors. Our bathrooms are inaccessible if you're trying to get in with a wheelchair or a walker by yourself, really. And getting out is even harder. Uh, There is no accessibility to our chancel if you can't walk up these stairs. There's a sign that says uh, you must be this mobile uh, to ride this chancel. (laughs) Um, And this is not new. This has happened uh, throughout time and throughout history. It's happened in every culture. It has happened uh, in the east and the west, the north and the south, that um, the other uh, has to figure out how to accommodate themselves quite often. And that is uh, at the heart of the gospel lesson today is this moment of uh, someone who is the other in the midst of a crowd of the other whose body has done something that means that he, he is not uh, able to go and do what the others are. It's the story uh, in John chapter 5 of the healing of the paralytic at Bethsaida. This uh, kind of pull on the side of a porch where Folks with all kinds of, uh, of differences go. It says that there are people who are blind, people who are sick, people who are uh, physically handicapped go to this pool. Uh, some, some of the tradition around it says that what happens at this pool is the angels come down and stir up the water and foam it up, and the first one that can get in the water gets healed. That thing that has kept them apart has separated themself, them from others fixed just by touching this water. Now you can already begin to imagine how there's a hierarchy amongst those who sit beside this pool, right? They're the people who uh, might have uh, a stomach flu or some bleeding thing that doesn't impact their mobility, right? Um, and then you have people like this man. It doesn't say how long he's been by the pool, but he's, he's been afflicted with this, this paralysis for 38 years. And he's been sitting by the pool waiting It keeps getting stirred up, and I keep not being able to get there. Nobody will carry me there. And this is all I want. I give my day to this. And Jesus shows up as Jesus wants to do, and he says, hey, do you want to be well? Hello, Jesus. He's sitting by the healing pool, right? Like, clearly he wants to be well. Um, but Jesus makes him say, yeah, I want to be well. And, and Jesus doesn't say, okay, well, let's get ready for the next angel stirring. Let's, let's get your mat picked up and we'll throw you in as soon and Jesus just says, be well. Pick up your mat and go. Jesus doesn't need the water to make this man whole. We don't need some process or thing. We just need Jesus saying, go and be whole. And the man remarkably does what Jesus says. He picks up his mat and walks away. It says he was healed, and it was the Sabbath. That this, this was the Sabbath is a whole nother sermon. I preached it at offerings like nine years ago. Uh, we're not getting into the problem of healing on the Sabbath. Today we're talking about these particular nine verses and the reality for this man. And I have been fascinated with this passage since the first time I ever looked at it. I was uh, knees deep in my Greek education, and I was translating this passage for an assignment, and then to preach at offerings. And I noticed something that I have found profoundly meaningful, and if you don't, just indulge me. Do you want to be made well? Or do you want to be well? Is the question from Jesus. The common word for healing and, and being made well in the Greek New Testament is therapuo, where we get the word therapy from. This is a healing uh, that, just like we're expecting, right, when you're Thing that is not as you would expect is, is fixed. People always tell dad, well, if you had more faith, you'd be healed. That's another sermon, too. Um, but therapeuo is the common Greek word used throughout the New Testament and used throughout John's canon, the, uh, John's gospel, his epistles, and the letter and uh, the revelation. Therapeuo is used a lot. But this passage says something different. Do you want to be yes? Hougies. I couldn't even spell it. It's, it's got like an with a with a breathing mark in the front of it, hugiase. And it is a very rare word. And what we learned when we were learning translation theory is if there's a common word that should be used in this environment and there's now a random word, you have to ask yourself, why did the author choose this word? Hugiase is like the most special word now to me. Because it, it deals absolutely with healing, being fixed, that thing uh, being changed. But more than that, it means being restored to wholeness. Um, Therapuo deals with the cut. Ace uh, restores you to your community. Therapeu um, gets it so you can walk again. Hugues is... Uh, you, you are complete, and you are whole. Um, and Jesus and the narrator use this word in this passage, and this is it. This was an intentional choice to this man who for 38 years had been afflicted and isolated and separated. Jesus keeps showing up by water and changing things for the world. He shows up at his baptism. The, the Spirit of God comes down on him and says, this is my son, my beloved, who I'm well pleased. He's, uh, his first miracle in John's gospel is turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana. He goes to the woman at the well and says, uh, you don't actually need this water. Uh, I offer you living water. And then he comes to this uh, place that has made this man feel so isolated and outcast and, and unhopeful and says, Pick up your mat and be restored to wholeness. You can walk, um, but be whole. And tradition holds that this this man is reintegrated into the life of the community, that he is not isolated and separated. And and for me, this has become a a thing I like to think about in terms of of healing and wholeness and what it means for us as the church. We have our own set of signs that say you must be this uh, to ride the ride, right? Um, And we have tried uh, to fix some of them, and we have uh, pretended like some of them don't exist. Um, We have told women um, you're a little less than the men, and pushed women to the side. Persons of color, we've we've uh, said. we're going to split over whether you're even welcome in our church. And I'm not talking about Andover. Please. In case this wasn't clear, I'm not talking about Andover. This is the church. Uh, people with mental illness, um, we have not known um, how to, to bring people into the fullness of the community. Our uh, queer children and siblings and family members, we've said we don't know um, what, what to do. And we've put up lots of signs that say... Uh, You must be this to ride the church's ride. I want to rip all those signs down, and I want us to be a church that says, uh, you are welcome in the fullness of yourself to be part of this community and be made whole. That um, you don't have to make it to the water, you don't have to have somebody carry you and throw you in when it's stirred up, In Christ, wholeness is available to you just as you are. I've I've, uh, received more feedback about the sermon on uh, loving as Christ loved us than maybe I've received on any other sermon. And uh, lots of refrains on, really, that will keep us busy enough if we just love unashamedly as Christ loved And then to have this passage, which I'll be honest, normally I'm six weeks out on preparation. I was not six weeks out on this passage. I did not know this was the text for this Sunday um, when I was preparing to preach last week, but to to have this Easter season kind of coming to a close with a text that says our one job is to love, and then another text that says it's not just enough to deal with the problem that the... The invitation is actually to be holy and and wholly included in the love of Christ, to be restored in the fullness of who you are without having to change anything, without having to do anything, um, that just as you are, uh, Christ will meet you. May we as the church um, tear down our signs. We've got to tear something out over here and put up a ramp. We've got to get some handicap buttons on our bathroom doors so that if somebody wants to go to the bathroom, they can. We have to think about our language around mental illness, around um, singleness, our, our language around um, LGBTQ uh, um, identity. We've, we've got to tear these signs down and love as Christ loved us. And I believe um, I've seen it. I've seen signs being torn down. I've seen barriers being set aside. I've seen you incarnate love for people that the community has pushed to the edges or out. I've seen you love without inviting people to, or demanding that people change. And I believe that's our work in the days ahead. Christ offers to us each that invitation to be made whole to be restored into the fullness of who we are as the very image bearers of God, to be uh, totally complete um, regardless of who and how we are. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? God, would you give us um, a creative, playful vision of what it means to tear down signs get rid of the barriers that say no you're not welcome would you teach us would you teach us to go and offer people wholeness unashamedly and where we need to find our own wholeness and our own restoration would you show it to us and do it Lord we trust you We love you, and we praise you, amen and Amen. amen.